Good afternoon. Welcome to Mary, Queen of Peace Parish, as we celebrate the first Sunday of Lent. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. Today at Mass, a member of the Parish Pastoral Council will speak on a new parish initiative we are embarking on called the Disciple Maker Index. The Disciple Maker Index begins with a survey. You may complete the survey on our website or by returning a paper copy. Paper copies are available at the entrances of all the churches and the parish office. Thank you to everyone who attended our parish fish fry this past Friday. In today's bulletin, you will find information on how you may place an order by phone or online. This year, our fish fry is both dine-in and takeout. There is also information in the bulletin about the spring luncheon and fashion show along with various activities being offered during Lent. Assisting us today are our lectors, Nathan Wallish and Bernie Jordan. Our altar servers are Christina and John Volley. I, Emily Leal Santiesteban, will be your cantor. Our organist, is Rosaria Park, and our celebrant is Father Michael Stumpf. Let us all now stand, if you are able, for the entrance procession. When he calls to me, shelter of the Most High and abides in the shade of the Almighty, says to the Lord, my refuge, my stronghold, my God in whom I trust. When he calls to me, In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Lenten season. Sorry, I interrupted you. Good evening. <laughs> As we're gathering in this Lenten journey, again, we take a different tone, uh, a season of repentance, a season of transformation, a season of hope as we long for Easter. As we enter into these sacred mysteries and experience his presence with us, we pause, we ask God's mercy.
gathering our prayers together, let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that through the yearly observances of Holy Lent, we may grow in understanding of the riches hidden in Christ and be worthy to pursue their effects. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Let us be seated and attentive to the word of God. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God formed man out of the clay of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and so man became a living being. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and placed there the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God made various trees grow that were delightful to look at and good for food, with a tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made. The serpent asked the woman, did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees of the garden? The woman answered the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, you shall not eat it or even touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you certainly will not die. No, God knows well that the moment you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like gods who know what is good and what is evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eyes and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she gave, also gave some of it to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The responsorial psalm may be found number 51 in the blue hymnal.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, through one man, sin entered the world, and through sin, death. And thus death came to all men, inasmuch all have sinned. For if by the transgression of the one, death came to reign through that one, how much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of justification come to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ? In conclusion, just as through one transgression condemnation came upon all, so through one righteous act acquittal and life came to all. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. 
he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. The tempter approached and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become loaves of bread. He said in reply, It is written, One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and made him sit or stand upon the parapet of the temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and with their hands they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the devil took him up a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their magnificence. And he said to him, All these I shall give you if you will prostrate yourself and worship me. At this Jesus said to him, Get away, Satan. It is written, The Lord your God shall you worship and him alone shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You thought I was leaving instead of giving a homily, didn't you? Uh, no. Ha! I just forgot a microphone. We all want to be real, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, we sometimes fake it. And not only do we sometimes fake it, but we are enticed by uh, identity of power identity of self-importance. And we all fall to that sometimes. All during this Lenten season, we're going to be focusing on an understanding of real presence. And of course, when I hear, or excuse me, when you hear the words and I say those words, real presence, many of you, of course, probably think immediately of the Eucharist, right? That's what we talk about when we talk about the presence of Christ given to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and the Eucharist and real presence. Well, actually, the, the leaders of the church over the, the last year or two have been rather shaken up by some statistical information that has come from a number of surveys, religious surveys, that have happened throughout the United States. And one of the questions about how many Catholics actually believe in the real presence and the percentage was startling enough that they are trying to focus this whole year on a Eucharistic revival, right? So um, it gives you a sense. So even, even us in the pews. And so the, the research came out that oftentimes Catholic don't see it so much as real as they do as symbolic, which... There's an aspect of symbol to it, but we as Catholics believe that Christ is really present and given to us. Also, though, uh, I believe that that's not the only crisis of presence that's happening, that there's a whole other crisis of presence, real presence happening, and that is our ability to really be present to ourselves and to one another. And so those presences, those real presences, and that we too, as body of Christ, are called to somehow share in that love of God and Christ and be present to each other within that body and to the world, there's a crisis going on in that area too. So we as the community here of Mary, Queen of Peace, all during Lent, focusing on real presence. Again, 
all of us, though wanting to be real, sometimes fake it and are tempted by and drawn into false understanding and identity. An identity that's not based on love, not the truest part of who we are, but an identity that's based in power and in self-importance. But we're not the only ones. We just heard the gospel passage proclaimed of the temptation in the desert by Christ Jesus. And it's really important to put the temptation in the desert both in a liturgical as well as a scriptural context. We actually get to hear one version of Jesus' temptation in the desert the first Sunday of every Lent, right? First Sunday is the temptation, second Sunday is transfiguration every single Lenten season. And so it sets a tone for us of identity and transformation. That's what it sets. Identity, true identity, and transformation. Second of all, scriptural context for the temptation that Jesus, we heard about Jesus in the desert today. It's important to realize that the temptation of Jesus follows immediately after his baptism in all three of the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels. It follows immediately after his baptism by John in the Jordan and before he begins his public ministry. The reason why it's so significant and important that it follows right after baptism and before public ministry, because in baptism, the skies opened, a dove was shown, and it was spoken to both Christ and to the disciples around, you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. And then immediately from that beloved voice, that truest identity of who Jesus is, he sent into the desert, and the first words he hears after that Beloved, you are my beloved, is the voice of the devil that says, if you are the son of God. You see that contrast, right? Truest identity of Christ and us is beloved. And then that temptation, but if you are beloved, well, then do something. Change these stones. Throw yourself down. And each of those temptations that Jesus is put to, each of those uh, trials that he's put to, is, is typical and experience of every single human being and certainly of every Christian. And that is to deny our truest self as beloved and to take on instead a different identity that's based in power, that's based in self-importance, and I want to say, actually, probably our, our, our American culture and the, the, the sense of, you know, that we are self-made men and women and, and people, uh, you know, that, that actually contributes to this, this false identity that, that really isn't who we are. And that false identity that, it, that grasps or looks towards, instead of being the beloved of God, but looks towards power and self-importance gets played out in all kinds of ways in our lives. It gets played out in our families. It gets played out in our workplace. It gets played out in our politics. It gets played out in our streets. It gets played out in our church, right? I, I fall to that temptation too sometimes. I'm sometimes faking it, though I hope not right now. I hope I'm being honest with you, right? Our real and truest identity is loved and beloved of God. All those other things, although maybe somewhat important, are not so. All those other things, and especially what our world says is going to give us fulfillment and that like power and self-image and all of those things, those end up being unfulfilling and empty where we only feel empty and hunger and long and grasp for more. Unless we know how truly at our core you and I are the beloved of God. How does the Eucharist, how does the celebration of our Eucharistic liturgy here help us in some way to understand, to feel, to experience the very real presence of God's love in our truest identity as beloved as well? You know, we talk about the sacrifice of the Mass and the celebration of the liturgy as both sacrifice and supper. 
And sacrifice is a sacrificial, self-giving love for us. It's made real right here, right now, in our midst, what Christ has done for you and me and every single one of us. His true, self-giving, sacrificial love, giving his full life, his death on the cross, and his resurrection. That's made real right here in our midst. Not only is that made real in sacrifice, it's also made real in supper. A supper of love, a supper that brings us together around one table in unity and care and love of Christ and love of one another. And so Christ really present in sacrifice and in supper is both self-giving love and unifying food and meal and supper for us all. The more we experience that real, real love that God has for you and me, the more we can dwell in what is our deepest identity as the beloved of God and unified with each other in the body of Christ, able to also sacrifice out of love for one another and to unite and give ourselves as food for the world around us as the body of Christ. But because of sin, sometimes we fake it. But Christ is real and present and loving. You are really and truly loved and beloved by God in this celebration of the Eucharist and your life. Can we share that love more fully within in Christ for one another. As beloved, we stand and profess one faith. I believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made for us, for our salvation. He came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he is crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Trusting the love that God has for us and that love that is poured forth on all, we bring our needs and prayers of petition with sung response. The response to the prayers of the faithful can be found at number 666 in the blue hymnal. Strengthen the whole church towards a renewal of our baptismal commitment through the season of Lent with special care and protection for our catechumens 
who participate in the rite of election this weekend. We pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Come and listen to me. For all those suffering in Syria and Turkey after the earthquake, that they may know Christ's healing and hope in the midst of their suffering, we pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Come and listen to me. our youth participating in the net retreat this weekend, that their faith may be enriched with new and deeper purpose. We pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. on our prayer request list in the bulletin that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers. We pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my go forth for the abolition of nuclear weapons and for a renewed commitment to global peace and solidarity. We pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear who have died in our parish community, especially Raymond Kotowitz Sr., may they be welcomed into God's kingdom. We pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord, hear Remember today, Alice Flanagan, and all the intentions present on the altar, along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. Oh Lord, hear my prayer. When I call, answer me. Oh Lord. Calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, Please join in singing our offertory hymn, number 484, Hosea, number 484. Pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. For the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all God's holy church. In this sacrifice and supper, may we know we are the beloved. Give us right dispositions, Lord, to make these offerings. For with them, we celebrate the beginning of this venerable and sacred time through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, just, our duty and salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ. By abstaining 40 days from earthly food, he has consecrated for us his fast and the pattern of Lenten observance. By overturning the snares of the ancient serpent has taught us to cast out the leaven of malice, celebrating with worthily, with worthily the Paschal mysteries, we might pass over at last to the eternal Paschal feast. And so, with the company of saints and angels, we sing a hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim.
You are indeed holy, O Lord, the font of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, sending your spirit upon them like the dewfall, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, once more giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection. We offer you, Lord, the bread of life, chalice of salvation, giving thanks you've held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray, partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, spread throughout the world, bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, David, our Bishop, all the clergy, all who serve and lead your people. Remember also all of our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection, all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Saint Joseph, her blessed spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life, to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Trusting the power of God's love and the unity we have in the Father at the Savior's command, formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from all evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin, safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope, the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, you said to your apostles and to us, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sin, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace be with you. We share with each other a sign of Christ's peace.
Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper, the, to the, what? To the <laughs> supper of the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. We unite with our community joining us remotely as we pray a spiritual communion. Lord Jesus, through baptism, we are one in you and in each other. We believe you are present in the blessed sacrament, the word and the Christian community. We believe that the power of your love has no limits. For those who cannot physically be here with us, we humbly ask you through the power of your most Holy Spirit that in this act of sacred communion, we are all made stronger in our love for you and one another. Wherever we are, we are your church yearning through your grace to be witnesses of your kingdom in our thoughts, words, and deeds. Amen. Please join in singing our communion hymn, number 691, On Eagle's Wings, number 691. Oh 
You'd remain seated for just a few minutes. Uh, we have a word from our parish pastoral council. We're going to explain to you briefly about the Disciple Maker Index, a survey. Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm used to being up here lecturing, so this is a different role for me today. I'm Joanne Paradise, and I'm part of the pastoral council. And we are excited to share this news with you that um, the Diocese of Pittsburgh has offered parishes a, um, a scholarship, a grant to work with a consulting firm called the Catechetical, no, I'm going to say Catechetical, it's the Catholic Leadership Institute, further more known as the CLI not to be confused with the CIA. CLI, the Catechetical Leadership Institute. And um, they offered various levels of, of consultation. And our parish that has been working diligently on a pastoral plan and strategies and goals for helping us to become a vibrant and energy, more of a vibrant and energized parish. Um, we're, uh, we're well on our way to that. So they gave us the highest level of consultation so that they could help us to walk through um, and move from where we are to the exciting future. So the process is very long. It's three years long, and it contains many different components. But it begins with an entire parish um, attempt to get an overview of what it is that we believe about our own faith and about our parish. And so we're asking you again to take a survey. Now, I know what you must be thinking, and it sounds like this. Are you kidding? We just finished the census. We just had the synod sessions. We've been doing the covenant and discipleship walk for years before that. And so, um, so it might sound like oh, another survey. Are you kidding me? But here's the other three words we want you to think about. And here come the people. Do you care? Mm -hmm. Do you care about this parish? I know you do. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here worshiping together. Do you care about where this parish will be in the next five or ten years? Where the church universal will be in the next five or ten years? Some of us um, might not be there to see that. But, but we believe that the Holy Spirit wants us so desperately to to keep the gospel alive because it's the only thing that's going to solve all of those problems that we talked about during the petitions today, during those prayers where we pray for the suffering in the world. Now, there are going to be other steps to this process once the disciples, the disciple maker index, now that's going to be known as the DMI, not to be confused with a DUI, a DMI, Disciple Maker Index. And during Lent, that's going to be available 
online, um, in the back of the church, uh, and at the, at the parish offices. Don't be overwhelmed if you feel like there's a lot of uh, pages there, because it's a very simple scale of going from always to almost to never to sometimes. So that it's just asking you to fill out those check marks about um, those questions about our faith personally and about the parish as well. So um, we really, really, really want that information. It's going to be the basis on which we look at long-term what it is that we can do to help us to live out the mission of Jesus, to, to be the, the people who represent the kingdom of God so that his kingdom will come on earth as it is in heaven. So please fill out those. We have just the time during Lent. Watch the bulletin for how that process is moving after we get the information back from the Catechetical Leaders Institute and, um, and we'll be on our way. So how many people are energized enough that you're gonna do that survey? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, 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 some people's hands weren't up, but I'll pray about it. Okay, thank you. I'd ask you to please stand. I think that probably part of the survey will say we need catechesis for our priests and pastors so they can remember the words of the liturgy. Let us together gather our prayers. May your bountiful blessing, Lord, we pray, come down upon us, your people, renewed with this heavenly bread and nourished by the hope that it gives. May our charity be strengthened. And this we ask through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. Please join in singing our closing hymn, number 481, The Glory of These 40 Days, number 481. <laughs>